Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. As always, and this is episode 131, and this is the first episode of 2021. How exciting. We have a new voice with us. Sarah is here. Hi there. This is awesome. I'm so excited. We've, uh, I'm trying to think how many times I've said that because we've had Jackie, Becca, yeah. Julie, and now Sarah. It's awesome. Bryce, yeah. Bryce, yeah, Bryce. Even better. But Sarah Simmerman joined the DU Convert team back in October, October. September. Yeah, some days it feels like yesterday. And other days I'm like, she's been here so long. Like, what do we do without her? And then sure enough, yeah, it's been just October. And your first day was day two of the pulse or day one? Day two. (laughs) So first day. We had, there was like, no, it was just watch all this stuff. Yeah, part of it, it was actually great. I uh, I loved listening to all the the lessons and sessions. Well, the good thing is we don't have to since we're all work remote. You know, we don't have to sh- take you on an office tour and show you where the bathrooms are. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff we don't have to worry about. We can just get right to it. But right. I wanted to. We obviously wanted to give the world a chance to get to know you a little bit better because uh, we only hire the most amazing people. And uh, Sarah went through that process with us smoothly. And even, I think I've already said this on the podcast, even without telling us that she was a silver award winning, very humble national marketing director of the year within AHB. Not that long ago. What year was that? Uh, 2018, I believe. That's crazy. Awesome. So that never even yeah, came up just now to through. her credit. And she's <laughs> mentioned this very nicely to me several times. Well, Kevin, that was in my resume, which is how i once I saw it, like the fourth time I looked at it, but at that point we had already discussed because Andrew was, was doing the first round of, of conversations mm-hmm. with everyone. And so if they got through Andrew, I was taking a quick peek so we could have yeah. a good conversation, but Andrew missed it. That's embarrassing. <laughs> right. <laughs> All the, I think it's, it, it's funny. Well, you go through resumes, this, yeah. And it's, you, you view so many, you read so many, like you kind of know what you're looking for. I'm like, perfect. Like Sarah seems awesome. Let's go. Like, let's just, let's just keep going. And sure enough. Yeah, but out. how long have you been in home building? Um, I've been in home building since um, 2013. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've been working with Dorn Homes, a builder um, out here in Prescott, Arizona, um, for those eight years. See that I'm definitely not from there because I still say Prescott. I'll stop yeah. that yeah. immediately. I, Prescott, like a biscuit. I came from Phoenix, so that was one of my first lessons here. Is that it's Prescott, oh. not Prescott. <laughs> They're like, and you're not I, from around here. Yes, yeah, so it was a it was a strong lesson I learned. So if you if you started with Dorn in 2013, I'm guessing there was some rather significant growth periods. Um, talk to us just a little bit about what it was like when you first got there, or maybe where you were before, and then kind of how things grew over the seven years that you were there. So before Doran, I was working, um, I started out as a graphic designer years and years and years ago. Um, but after that, love that. <laughs> um, after Winter. that, I really got into digital marketing um, and just kind of, I guess, fell in love with websites and analytics and um, everything. So um, I had worked with consulting companies um, and uh, smaller agencies and in-house um, doing 
website uh, kind of management and AdWords and social media. Um, so I awesome. got hired on at Dorn to um, kind of build their online and digital presence. Um, so we kind of rebuilt their website. Um, that was my first 90 days was just wow. completely rebuilding their website from scratch. That's the first 90 days. Yeah. Uh, it was, I learned <laughs> wow. a lot about the company. I mean, that was really a kind of, I learned the ins and outs, got to talk to everybody. It was actually a really great way to start. Yeah. Brave uh, for everyone. I mean, brave yeah. for them to be like, Hey, new person, you're in charge of the most important thing mm-hmm. in our marketing stack and sales stack in, in many ways. And then on your end to be like, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Sarah, Sarah, by the way, uh, is, is like, maybe I think you win the award for the most calm and consistent member of the, do you convert team? Right. It's like, <laughs> even if she just won the lottery, her face, like poker, we should start doing online poker tournaments or something as employee hangout time. And place bets on our employees. She would win. I mean, I would, yeah, I would just bet on Sarah. Exactly. I'd be like, yeah, like side I, bets. can I just, whatever, somehow follow her. Maybe we Build should play craps 20, instead. 24, mm-hmm. maybe. Right. In Vegas. <laughs> right. Um, so how many units were they doing when you started? Do you remember? And, and when you left, what was... Gosh, when, when they started, I, I want to say it, it was under a hundred the first uh-huh. year. I mean, gotcha. I think it was 40 ish. Um, and by the time I left, I think, um, it was in the 300, 350. Wow. I That's need to incredible. learn about more about and, Prescott. And you ended up building a team there as well, right? It wasn't just you and marketing by yourself either. Yeah. So, um, I started out as just kind of the digital marketing director. Um, and I, um, hired one online home or uh, online salesperson. Awesome. Um, and they were kind of part of my team. They were my first kind of team member. Um, and then we had a, um, kind of marketing assistant kind of helped with all of our projects like model homes and, um, events. And basically if it needs to get done, they can get it done. They're amazing. Nice. Um, and then, uh, as, as I kind of grew to doing more and more, um, at Doran, then we hired kind of a replacement for me in my digital role. Um, so I trained her and uh, she was content and digital marketing as well. Awesome. Um, so between the two of us, we really had an amazing team. Oh, and, and a second online salesperson. So it was love it. a great team cool. and a great setup. Yeah. So you, you learned quite a bit over that, over that time period. <laughs> I'd say I'm so. sure. Yes. All of it. Just a little. I, I'm looking at your former website now, dornhomes.com. And I, I have to ask what about your naming convention for homes too? Um, there's about a, like there's that. a floor plan called hotel California, which um, yes. we're not going to play the song. Cause then we have to pay rights to it. But so that one, it's, a uh, in a, a pretty much a 55 kind of targeted, oh, community, not restricted. You will so die in this home. Our, all of our floor plans were um, song names um, from the 60s and 70s. That That's um, fun. Yeah. So we had like, jukeboxes and records and everything kind of all that. over. Okay, let's go. Penny Lane, let's go. Sweet Caroline, oh, Wild you, got, you beat me to it. Yeah. I did come okay. together. That is amazing. I'm sure you 
I think the intent, I don't know the intent, but I'm sure every person that was looking at the floor plans, they're like, oh, they smiled about it. Like it, it was mm-hmm. this positive thing that they had this moment where they're like, oh, this is so much fun. Yep. Very cool. Did you ever hear any feedback from someone who's like, I really like this house, but I don't want to tell people I bought a sweet Caroline? No. Never. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't, I don't imagine, but great buyers. I remember there was a builder who did something about that with like famous country singers. Mm. And you know, if, if there's people who like country and music and there's people who don't, and the ones who don't usually really don't. And so it, uh, it always, it always cracked me up that that, well, that's, that's amazing. And Sarah's, uh, on our team working with some of our, uh, larger, uh, home builder partners. And, and so, the ability for you to come in and uh, make the noise go away, go away, and, and simplify that process, and um, mm-hmm. just really and, and open up a new time zone. Honestly, for us, uh, we don't currently have anyone else on the team who who is either in Pacific time or Mountain time, which you go back and forth since you're in in Arizona. <laughs> so that's been fantastic too, because. Our, our joke has always been that if you live out West, it's like cheating because, you know, new stuff stops coming in from the Midwest and the East and you still have a couple hours left in your day. So mm-hmm. that's been magical as well. But yeah, Sarah, Sarah, you're doing an, an amazing job and we wanted to get you uh, out here and say hello to everyone as well. Thanks. It's, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. Now, so what do you do for fun when you're not helping builders oh, sell more homes? Good question. Well, considering we're in the middle of a pandemic and Arizona is not doing so hot, mm. uh, we we do a lot um, do a lot around the house. I think we're I would call us a board game family. Um, oh, cool! So we, we love to play board game board games and kind of build Legos and do all that fun kind of I guess geeky stuff together as a family. Nice. Um, there's some great hiking trails out here in Arizona. Oh, I it's bet. beautiful. Yep. So. That's amazing. Um, and I'm a big reader. I read a lot. I read all the time. So that's what I do in my class. Readers are leaders, Sarah. That's a, that's <laughs> a great skill to have. <laughs> and it rhymes. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop over to story time because, oh my gosh, New Year. We gave you guys a break. There was no episode that came out last week. So you could all absorb the one hour and 43 minute monster of an episode with Sam DeBoard uh, that came it's out beforehand. Someone actually texted me and said, Amazing episode, but long AF. <laughs> That's okay. You're like, well, we'll give you a little break. Yeah. But man, 2021 is coming in hot. It is. A lot of amazing, exciting things to talk about. So this is going to be another long one. It just is. Uh, we got Mike and Jen coming on the episode, talk about the future of online sales for 2021 and beyond and lessons learned from 2020. And we got some fun news stories. And there's too many good things to talk about with story time. So let's let's get going with... Oh, I love it. I'll say that every week. Cool. I'll, I'll go. So we went yeah. to Disney oh, a few weeks ago because we're just like an hour away. Da, 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 da. Anyways, getting to the point, I'm still amazed at how they communicate so well. Like, I'm sure if you were to take every park during the pandemic now, and people are definitely polarized, should you go, should you not go? That's not the point. But like Disney's communication on what they're doing with all of this, I was like, this is amazing. Like it is so clearly communicated everywhere, both with signage as well as like their employees going by the rules. Like you go shopping, at least down here in Florida, say grocery store, people have masks on, da da da. 
But then as soon as their employees step outside, like it comes off. So they're not really communicating. Oh, God. Whoa. what's interrupting, happening? Interrupting story time. Connecting to audio. Oh, man. Mystery guest. She's in number Washington. one. But new do you convert employee introduction number two. So identify yourself, mystery guest slash Hello. new employee. <laughs> Uh, Jackie Lipinski is joining the team. Hey, hey. I love it. Hey. It's official. It's, it's official. official. And you might remember Jackie from episode 22 of the podcast. For those of you who've been listening then. from the beginning. Also, one of the Year first people that. that I was ever involved in, in the process of being hired at a builder partner. That's true. The former marketing director at American Classic Homes was no bueno. <laughs> and so we had to say goodbye and find, find Jackie. Uh, so couldn't be more excited to, to not only introduce to you Sarah on this episode, but uh, reintroduce you to Jackie Lipinski, marketer extraordinaire. Thank you. Yeah, super, super excited. And I, I think we were one of the first people to start using DYC too. So it's actually... That might be true. The yeah. first person who ever that hired number. me was my good friend. Ah, I can see his face, Utah. Right? Candle, candle, candlelight homes. Joe Salisbury. Joe Salisbury was the first one. He was like, get on a plane. You're coming here now. And then number two was Robert Gladstein, uh, one yeah. of the three partners at American Classics, who went to the builder show, uh, like a month after I started and he's like, when are we going to sit down and talk? And I thought he just wanted to, to grab a drink. And he was like, so when are we working together? And, uh, <laughs> like, Oh, well, that's yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. So Jackie is here and going to be doing something a little bit different. She's going to be another me. Woohoo. Who's ex Kevin, I'm excited about that. Kevin squared. I'm, yeah. Who Kevin. Ke Kevin squared. So she is going to be a senior marketing strategist with us working directly as a coach on the marketing end. And I couldn't be more excited because the opportunity that's there is amazing. Builders need the help. And Jackie, you have obviously a different set of experiences than I do in yes. our industry, but you also have a different set of superpowers than I do. And that's one of the reasons we've enjoyed working with you, what, over the last five years or so at American Classic. But let, let's just talk. So Jackie, what are you doing on your week off right now? This will give oh. you a sense. It's like it's your sabbatical uh, right now. Yeah, my my little sabbatical. I um, all home projects. I told Kevin I was like, I'm gonna go hiking this weekend and do crazy. And we we're having record rains here, so I um, remodeling my laundry room. I repainted, refinished my fireplace. I'm building a box garden. I just finished two books this. It's Thursday. Finished two books this week already. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> You're productive, and you have a little person. I do have a little, yeah, I have a, I have oh. a little, uh, my baby's the same age as the pandemic. That was fun. Uh, he's nine months old. Almost oh, up. yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I had him the same day my city shut down. So that but gives yeah. you an insight into Jackie is, is the energizer bunny of like getting <laughs> stuff done. And, you know, I'm, I turned 40 in March, so I'm definitely on the downhill of like every day. I'm like, can I, can I make it? Uh, you know, to the it. end of the day without passing out or needing to take a nap where Jackie is just like, yep. And what's next and what's next. And, yeah. uh, just for fun after the pulse where I was showing 
for the first time, the entire industry, basically the most important spreadsheet that I think needs to be used by marketers to, to manage the business. <laughs> Jackie's like, emails me the next Monday, I think. And it's like, I spent Friday night with my friend who works for a data reporting visualization company. And yeah. we just redid it to make it better. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, we had some white claws and we, yeah, with my, my girlfriends in Seattle, we're all, that's uh, funny. yeah, I, I started a book club and we're, we're just a bunch of nerds and we get together at least every two months and we just chit chat and, uh, um, you know, I just was working with my old company and I just created like nine pages of step-by-steps for when I'm gone for them. Just just in case. So. That's love. That's love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this is just a sneak preview, Jackie. You're going to come back certainly for 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 more detailed background and and what you're amazing at. But just tell everyone what is the book that you were reading this past week? Oh, Radical Candor. Oh, so of course she's moved on. One book oh, in a week is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I finished Radical Candor and then I, um, oh, what is the name of that book? I, how to Lie with Statistics. How to Lie with Statistics, which actually yeah. is not about how to be a deviant person yourself, but Correct. really how to identify when other people are trying to use some of those tactics against Which never you. happens yeah. in marketing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like with I, uh, I, how important chat and mass texting and oh, yeah. oh, open to, and read rates on text messages. Yes. Oh. All that stuff. No beep. That it's high. Uh, like it better be high. Uh, oh man. All right, Jackie, this is, this is your week off. So be gone, but we wanted, this okay. is, this is the big reveal. If you haven't already, you've gotten the email announcement. We've shouted about it on social media, but uh, I couldn't be, but couldn't be happier. I mean, we got, a silver award winner of NHB's marketing director of the year who gets things done and takes names. And then you've got Jackie Lipinski. We added Julie. Holy smokes. It's I know. Crazy. This is the Christmas that keeps on giving. The team squad goals. If I was cool with hashtags and 10 years right. younger, right. Or 20 okay. years younger. <laughs> Back to story time, Disney. Anyways, Disney. So long story short with Disney, it's amazing. The, the difference between how if you effectively and clearly communicate something how it's done versus when it's not done so well and then i to me i think the emotions and compliance and understanding around it so transferring that over to like builders if you have bad news which is probably going to happen this year doing it well i think that bad news is just news and it's not negative and it's not going to encourage further negative feelings but if you don't do it well, I think it will then just snowball into this big giant thing. So it's just, mm -hmm. if you go to Disney, which um, there might be some people that are going to Disney that are, you'll be like, wow, I've never seen, it is so obvious what to do and what not to do with masks and hand washing and, and just all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. there's no way to be incorrect. And even then when they are correcting people, they're like, little princess with the glitter shoes on and a stroller, <laughs> your mother's wearing a purple shirt and she has a tiara, all this stuff. And they, they do it nicely, but then you're like, you kind of get the point. Like they will communicate to you about what, what it is that is important. Yeah. I was impressed when I was flying to uh, Tulsa for the Pulse. Mm -hmm. The Delta um, stewardesses were just, they were consistent and they were watching, but they never, they weren't escalating any emotions like you were saying to the negative yeah. space. It was just like, hey, come on. Yeah. You're like, you hey, your nose is out. Or like, yeah. 
Yep, exactly. Uh, normally I wait to the end, but I'm just going to go faster because we're going to save the best story for last. First thing is that it's been interesting ever since the new year started as people are communicating their sales goals for the year. It's been just odd that what does the term sales goal even mean in 2021 where website traffic is already back to the peak levels of the pandemic when builders were selling record amounts of homes. We're already right back there as of January 4th, 5th. And, and when people tell me their sales goal, I've asked just to be as accurate as possible since we want to reverse engineer what success looks like. Like normally there's a stretch goal. You know, you say my sales goal is 400 homes, but there's like this super secret goal that someone has or the stretch goal of 450. So I'm, I'm just asking clarifying questions around the sales goal. Like, and is that the most you want to sell? Do you want to sell more than that? Talk to me. And everyone's just kind of like, all but one, only one person was like, yes, that is the number. We have zero desire to sell more than that. And, and we'll adjust accordingly. Everyone else is kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. It, it, it's, it's this like weird they don't thing want to get their hopes up that it could be more, but I think like, builders understand that it could, the number could be almost whatever they want it to be. Like you can, and you, and a lot of people are outselling what they even have available right now. So the number is almost irrelevant. And I think this is an example of how good times can still be stressful and hard because now you, when you don't have clarity around what that goal really is or shouldn't go above, you have to do something even harder, which is really understand what are the constraints that are around my business that I want to protect. What, what, another silly example that we've talked about, because I love analogies, is that if our industry currently was a public swimming pool, there would be no mandatory rest breaks for kids, which sounds great if you're a child. You never have to yeah. get out of the pool. You don't have to wait 15 minutes. But in reality, what we have is kids never taking a break, swimming for days on end, loading themselves up with sugar, and eventually like employees are going to drown in in the in the analogy here. There's just there is no slowdown, there is no chance to pause. And so as a company, as a marketing leader, as a leader, period, you're gonna have to figure out like what are the mandatory rest periods that we're gonna put in place. And and what that means is 200 leads a month per online salesperson is my number. And if we get to 250, something's going to happen to, to protect that person. Or in some scenarios, we've talked with people who like the idea of once we get to 200 for the month, then we implement changes that continue for the remainder of that month or for a week to give everyone a chance to pause and see what comes out of that rush of activity. And then we come back. But it's, did I ever think there'd be a time where the idea of having a sales goal and someone today just said like, we don't have one period. We just have what's available to sell, but there's been zero discussion of having a sales goal. <laughs> and it's just a, it's an amazing snapshot of where we are already in 2021 and what kind of market we're, we're in. What are those things that they could pull out um, to slow the pace of leads coming in? So there's a prediction article that we're not gonna have time, but this should be live by the time you're hearing this. Uh, where I made 12 predictions for 2021. And I think one of those is that on average across the country, whatever builders have budgeted for advertising, they will spend 20% less. Gotcha. It's actually pushing 
ads. So Facebook and Google, et cetera. Reducing ad spend, really scrutinizing syndication sites of whether they're necessary in today's environment for your company or not. Um, Spending less, adjusting calls to action, or even removing. We talked about this with someone (laughs) earlier today. Normally, we talk about needing to have three calls to action in every page. The, the primary one's the one that's always hovering and around, then something specific to that, what, what is on that page about how to take the next step, and then something on that page that's specific to what they're looking at, but ask, do you have a question about this thing you're looking at? There are some companies now where we are having these strange alternate dimension conversations of, do we remove all three? And make you click the contact button in order to become a lead. If that reduces the number of leads coming in by 10, 15%, because what we're trying to do is is solve for perfect, which is really hard. But builders don't want to give up the traffic. Mm -mm. They don't really even want to give up leads. But the fear is, well, what if it turns? If I don't have this kind of extra capacity higher up the funnel, so to speak, then I'll I'll be too slow to react to it. So I want to have that traffic that I could go back in and add those calls to action and suddenly get, get the lead volume I want if I need it. And that's maybe one way to do it is to keep the amount of traffic coming to the site high, but reduce the number of conversions that ultimately happen, which we're talking about optimizing for less conversions. It'd be interesting if it, for some builders and locations, if it even lowers the conversion rates at all. Like if the demand is so great and people like, I need a house, like, oh, I'll just find Uh where their number is, even though it's not where it's obvious. Like, what if it doesn't even change anything? Yeah. And I I think there'll be markets like Austin. Austin's just a completely different planet where I think builders will spend 30 or 40% of what they have budgeted for the year. They just, it's not necessary. And actually in some cases harmful to, to spend that Mm -hmm. money on ads. You got to spend it other places, fix other problems, but yeah, for sure. And then Sarah, you are looking at potentially moving away from Prescott. Prescott. But yes. Prescott. <laughs> Prescott like a biscuit. Prescott. The I actually biscuit. like was making a mental note to try to say that correctly. See, it's, That's it's hilarious. Just, I just have to correct <laughs> it. Hard. Um, it's Prescott. I in there. Yeah, we are. Um, I guess over the holidays, we realized that they're both myself now and my husband both work remotely. And there is really no reason for us to be two hours away from all of our family that lives in Phoenix. Mm. Um, Mm. And they all came up over the holidays and they all stayed in a hotel or some of them stayed at our house. And it was, it was kind of an eye opener that why, why don't we just move back down there? We need, we need more space with us both working remotely. Um, There's just so much lining up that um, it's time. Um, but we're early in our, cool. our process. Um, so like the past week and a half, I have probably been on every builder site in, in Phoenix. Yeah. So tell us what that's like shopping for a house in a pandemic, knowing what you know from the side of a builder. So, I mean, as a, as a marketer, I, I always kind of believe that you should you know look at the website and all your content and everything from a buyer's perspective, but mm-hmm. I think I surprised myself with how differently me as a buyer actually was, especially during a pandemic and us being two hours away. We can't just drop everything to go down and tour homes after work. Um, we have two kids that are in school. So it is, it is all uh, virtual right now. Um, so I think my biggest takeaway is 
I want to see more content. <laughs> I mean, Man. it's a lot better than, I mean, this is our, this would be our fourth home. So we're not, we're not new to the game here. Um, we've had resales and uh, new construction, but there was basically no quenching my thirst for content. If it was out there, I watched it. So I think that's my biggest call to action there is there is not too much content. Never too much. That's interesting. Yeah, that's like the same thing. thing when we built in 2018, same thing, Becca, Jack, like it's like every single person on the team, we need more content. We need more content. We need more content. And that message of like, there's never too much is so it's like, you're spending so much money and there's so many different places for content and different types and all those things that you need. Yeah. It's great to see how much more content is out there though. I think the majority of the builders I went to had the 3D floor plans and the walkthroughs, lots of photos. I, I felt like I want to see more of the community and area, uh, surrounding uh -huh. area. But okay. You mean when you click on the uh, community photo gallery and it's just pictures of the model home? That's or the sign. Not... <laughs> yeah, that, right. that, that satisfies one thing, but... I also don't want to drive Phoenix is big and we know we want to be on like one side of Phoenix, but that's, that mm -hmm. would still take us three days to drive. So I, I want to see more of the area and kind of learn a little bit more about the area. The home is, the homes mm -hmm. are great. I want to see all of that too, but I think more of the community is amazing when that's there. You need that sense of like, what is it like when I pull into my home, my community, my home, like, what is that going to be like, mm -hmm. which most, I feel like most people completely ignore, unless it's a master plan, then they might have yeah. the quick little drone shot and that's uh -huh. it. Uh -huh. Have you become a lead to any builders in Phoenix? I have. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. What's that been like? Now it's real. Yeah. Every, everyone's hounding you, right? They're calling you constantly, emailing you yeah. for updates. <laughs> um, I have uh, I, the first one. I have to say, I did get responses back initially faster than I thought yep. I would. But since yep. then, cool. I mean, there's a couple of builders out there that I've asked a question and I'm still waiting a few days later for an answer hmm. to the question. Um, Interesting. But, well, now you're just making it harder on everyone. Yeah. Asking I, questions. I know, but I have questions. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, so, I mean, speaking of questions, um, it's there's a lot of use of chatbots um, on the website now too. Oh, tell me more about that. You oh, love no. them, right? I you love them. I was I was a little excited because I was like, okay, I have another question. I'm going to type it in and I'll get an answer. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's going to use artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and it can speak 400 languages and it's like iRobot running around with Will Smith it's, and it's an answer. It's, it's, it's not a human, certainly, but it's the next best thing, yeah. right? But I, it, it did not answer my question or even send me to a relevant page. So I got sent wow. to like the about the builder page on one of them and this other random. I think, yeah, if you have it, take the time to make sure it'll answer basic questions. Because I think I might have just asked lot lot sizes for the community. Seems pretty basic. Yeah. It's not like I asked what like... Um, in well, that's because what someone the said that lot was a bad lot. word. If you would have typed in home sub I sizes, I tried that too. No way, that's I am a marketer, so I'm like, oh, well, if that term doesn't work, I know how to get around uh -huh. that. Home right. site with the hyphen, right. without the hyphen, like capitalized with a space, like, without a space. <laughs> yeah, oh I just mm, the 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 whole idea of 
it's like you were, these stories always tie together somehow, but Andrew, you're talking about expectation setting. When yeah. you've got a little thing that pops up in the corner, Sarah, that says, Hey, we can help you 24 seven, get everything you need. Like we'll take care of you. It's not a real person, but it's just as good. That's the <laughs> wrong expectation versus saying, if you're too unintelligent or untechnologically capable to read what's already on the screen, click here and this thing will tell you what you could already see for yourself. It's like I the, think that, the price scanners at like the store, like that's the usefulness that it can be, but it's almost like they're putting like a face above the price scanner and saying, Hey, this can answer any question you want about anything that's in the store. It's like, no, that's ridiculous. But that's what we're telling people that it can do that. Yeah, Not we, yeah. but people are telling other buyers that that's what it can do. And it's like, no, clearly it can't. So I imagine the Phoenix market is, uh, well, in fact, I know it's, it's a, it's hot, a hot place to be selling homes right now, as is pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. What have, what have you been hearing in terms of how sales are being conducted or releases or community launches? Any of that yeah, essentially, uh, fall on your radar? Yeah. Essentially all of the communities that we kind of are looking at, um, have wait lists on their lots. It, it sounds like most are releasing lots once a month and they'll release like a handful of wow. lots. Once a month. Once a month. We have, there's That's... one community that they do like a, a once a month release and they have everybody that's on the, the waiting list after they've been pre-qualified come in and do the kind of Zoom lot, uh, lot release. And after I go to it, I'll let you know how it goes but yeah. it's in a couple of weeks. And then I feel like once a month can be frustrating versus if it was like ever the week, cause then at least keep you along. But once well, a month, it's all like, frustrating. It's all. Yeah. But it I would like add to it. Like if a builder, say you had two builders, once twice, twice a month versus once a month. I feel like twice a month we'd be like, Oh, okay. Like we have a chance to get something versus once a month is like, I could miss it two months in a row. And now it's three months later and I'm still have to shop. Mm -hmm. Like I might just, I feel like my, me, my personality might be like, forget them. Mm -hmm unless everybody was once a month. And I'm like, well, this is, it is what it is. Yeah. I think there's no easy way to get around it. If you're limiting mm -hmm. sales in any way, it's tough because it is tough. The, the thing that's better about maybe smaller number of home sites being released, but more frequently is actually from the sales reps perspective, meaning salespeople will not like that idea. They'd rather just sell them once a month and, and be done and have the rest of the time yeah. off. But mentally they are, you know, if, if a builder is limiting sales and some, many builders are, you can only sell two homes this month, two homes next month, two homes in that sales reps mind, they are going to say, okay, those are my two sales for this month. And I already know the people who are going to sell, I'm going to sell two next month. And I already know that the following month as well. And so mentally they will stop pushing because yeah. in their mind, they have already sold them. And as everyone knows, until the button is clicked or the ink is on the paperwork, no sale is guaranteed. And that setup is, I think, what's what's not great about doing the less frequent releases because consumer experience and service is likely to falter as people are like, well, we're essentially four months sold out in advance already because I, I know all those yeah. people have identified who's going to buy what. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, keep us keep us in the loop for sure. I definitely about will. how that process goes. Uh, I guess I should have said yeah. in my story time we had our pre construction meeting as mm. well. So that's that's exciting. It's that's it's real. Exciting. I do have to say this is, uh, and I told the builder this, but our the product project manager um, was there, of course, and 
his boss on uh, the construction end, and then um, the head of head of sales was there as well. And two funny things happened. One, um, we all were wearing masks. It was done in in our house. And it was a good thing because I was smiling almost the whole time because the project manager, I don't know if he was new to the company, um, new to the, the business, I'm not sure, but he was so nervous that he just kept like, he would want to say something else and then you could tell like his mind went blank and he would just reach back for the checklist paper that we had and he, and he would start reading it off. You're intimidating. Uh, almost like a, a real estate agent who'd be like, so this is the kitchen. And you're like, yes, it is. Mm. You know, and, and it was, it was cute. Really. It was because it didn't, we don't have any less confidence in him because he was nervous, but um, I don't, I, I've having trained people how to run those kind of meetings before it became quickly obvious to me that either this is the first time he's doing it or that like I'm watching someone going through a training experience right now in front of their bosses and it's, it's not going so great, but I mean, I wonder if they did it on purpose as far because you're, you're buying with them. Like, uh, that's, that's interesting. Like they're like, Oh, let's, let's put them in front of Kevin because Kevin will then like (laughs) give us the feedback. And then the other fun thing was, uh, and, and this is after, of course, everyone, at the meeting knows what I do as well. But he said the line, now this is also a transition meeting from uh, sales to operations. And I couldn't hold it. And I just started chuckling. And I was like, right. Like we don't, you don't trust her anymore. Like the person who sold us the house, don't talk to her. <laughs> Whatever she said <laughs> or didn't say is no longer applicable. It's not real. And I gave him a hard time about that, but otherwise it went smoothly. Awesome. And we don't believe them. I, again, I don't know if they, I don't think they listen. Um, and I'm not going to ever encourage them to listen to podcasts until this process <laughs> is done. But they claim uh, that the dig will begin by the end of the, this month and will be in by the end of September, which I just, I can't, I, I hopefully, Find out. hopefully that'd be awesome. See. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to the news. And this is going to be rapid fire because we, I knew this was going to be a longer episode, but this is already going, um, longer. So first up from cnbc.com, Apple's seismic change to the mobile ad industry is drawing near and it's rocking the ecosystem. There's a couple of quotes in here. Uh, this is generally talking about what we've already spent some time talking about, the adjustments to the the data that will be shared without your express consent to ad platforms of all kinds. We've <laughs> mostly talked about its impact on Facebook and Instagram, but some of the some of the quotes in here are pretty, pretty awesome. So one is, what is this really going to look like? As an example, the article says for Facebook, you would get a notification when opening the app that says Facebook would like permission to track you across apps and websites owned by other companies with an option to allow or ask the app not to track. So that's, it's not going to be, you know, buried in, in the OS or a menu system. It's going to be right front and center. And you have to answer the question. And you have to answer the question, mm-hmm. yes or no. I would pick no if I didn't know any better. Like, no, get <laughs> right, out of here. Why would you, why would you ever would pick you yes unless you're a marketer and, you're, and you object for some reason? I don't know. But I think most people would say no. And then my other favorite quote is, because originally this was supposed to roll out in the fall. And there was a big uproar. And so... Um, Eric Sufert, an analyst and owner of website Mobile Dev Mimo, says, 
Apple dumped 10,000 puzzle pieces on the floor and walked were. away after, after announcing the change. It was kind of like, here you go. Pieces everywhere. Yeah. Have fun with that. And everyone's like, there's no clarification of what this really means. What this, what is this going to look like? And so they keep uh, delaying it, but they've decided that with the release of, of iOS 14 in September of 2021, this is all going to, going to happen. So it's going to be interesting. It will be interesting. And, I, and, I th and especially given that Apple currently doesn't do anything with, with the data that they collect in terms of an ad, ad platform or network. But think about all the other places Apple still wants to go in terms of smart homes, potentially in terms of cars. Uh, at some point, they might have a hard time doing some of the things they want to do the way they want to do them, I think, if they keep going along this line of we are going to value privacy more than anyone else. They will have to be, they'll have to change their public perception of privacy. What they're, yeah, they'll, they'll have to redefine the term, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Next one up from Zillow.com. Bold 2021 predictions, a stronger housing market across the board. Not that bold. That's, kind of a weak flex say. there. I'm like, yeah, pretty clear. <laughs> um, unless something really bad happens. Yeah, it's it. Interest rates are the really the the only thing that I can I can see uh, really changing. And again, we think that's probably not till 2022, 2023. Um, so we'll skip that one. Buyers will have a harder time affording homes, especially their first one. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing that that might happen is that as builders look for land and go further and further and further out, if they can develop property that is far enough out, there might be an option for, for affordability to change. But also, I guess we keep not talking about this, that rates dropped almost one and a half percent in a year. Yeah. And that made a lot of things more affordable. That's part of why we're, we're experiencing what we are now. Now at the very very beginning, the entry point, of course, but that's been a, I don't know, 20 year problem. I mean, as long as I've been in housing, it's like housing is unaffordable. Back when we still were selling some single family homes from the seventies in Columbus, Ohio. Housing's always unaffordable. Maybe there's, I don't know if that's right or not, but, <laughs> but, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's some new developments down where I am because I follow all that stuff and people are hating on it and I'm looking mm -hmm. at them. I'm like, this location's premium. What are you hating on? Like this is, yeah, that's, they will sell and rent every single one of those. If you want to have a lower priced home, you can't live in a perfect location. Has to yeah. be out further. Addressing housing vulnerability will be at a top, a top priority as rent prices rise. Again, I, I, yes, in the terms of they might pass some laws, but in terms of practically doing it on an, on a, ongoing basis that doesn't require government intervention? The answer is no. I mean, you guys remember the article, I think we talked about this, like someone spent $15 million. Uh, this is probably not exactly accurate. $15 million to build like 17 affordable housing units <laughs> in San Francisco Bay last year. I just remember it's just like the like fees and the impact. It's, it's just not, you can't do it there. So you got to yeah. do it other other places. Moving will be a digital first experience. Yeah. I think that's it. Will is. Will it, 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 yeah, it already is, I think. 
the next home shopping season will be the hottest in recent memory. I, I actually, so these last two points I think are, are, are right on the money, but again, pretty easy to predict. I do think we're still in the middle of the best housing market of my lifetime and potentially ever. And, and that's their final point is that it could be the last of its kind. And I think that's because as interest rates do go up and affordability does go down. And, and that's not even assuming any broader market conditions that would affect this. Um, I just think the fate of the United States more or less begins to look like Europe, where if you watch House Hunters International as much as I do, like maybe one out of 100 episodes, are they looking to purchase a home in Europe? Hmm. They're all renting. Interesting. And that's because it's too expensive to build in most countries like France, um, in most areas where people want to live. And so everyone is renting, uh, you know, a hundred year old home. And I think single family for rent is the answer for the next downturn and affordability and a lot of other challenges. And I think, um, I think it, it will be a different, I, I agree. I don't, I, it might be the last of its kind, uh, kind of experience that we're going through for, for quite a while. One of the things they know here is the increased adoption of real estate technology has given home buyers more tools to shop from the comfort of their home, which can be done just as easily during the warmer spring and summer months as it can in the dead of winter. So they're also talking about the normalization of less cyc cyclicality. I, I don't, that doesn't really make sense to me. Adam, it, being in Florida, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me either. Like it's, well, you go every, you go anywhere. And, but I feel like unless there's, I'm sure up North is the same, unless there's like an active blizzard or Florida, unless there's a hurricane, you're going to go do your thing. Like if it's you know pouring down rain, you might wait till like the next morning, next day, a few hours, but like, you're not going to go because it's cold unless it's like truly awful, but then no one's doing anything. You're at home anyways. Yeah. With this, um, Sarah, I meant to ask you, was there a favorite type of content that you were looking for when you were, say, comparing or shopping on the sites? Like you really like the Matterport tours or you really did not like those because they took forever to figure out what the home was about. Was there anything that really you enjoyed the most and wish I mean, they all had? I Me mean, personally, I, I like the Matterport tours, okay. but I, I'm very familiar with them. But uh -huh. I, I know when we first launched them, people had trouble navigating them. And our salespeople did too. But once they figured it out, they loved them. Gotcha. Uh, and I love the the interactive plans where I can kind of see what options are available. But it seems like everybody has those now, which is Good. awesome. Last time I shopped for a house, they did not. Yeah. That's the next, okay. it's part of the predictions article that I wrote, but I'm going to definitely be doing something more in depth around this because those interactive plans are definitely the solution and the future in terms of more complex and more innovative. But yeah, I don't want to say anything more about that, but I, I I've had moments of clarity around um, what, what builders need to be thinking about there that I'm excited to share. I think again, there's truth to this and that we've said it already. The spring housing market doesn't exist. It's now the spring housing mindset market or like people who are, there still is this, you know, Christmas happens, New Year's happens, and there is a spike of activity just as it always has been. But it it, it does move a little bit earlier. And instead of a, a, a three-month-ish type period of extremely hot activity, it is becoming kind of a first half, back half, like six months. So it is, I, I, think, I think maybe at some point, but uh, school, once we get back to what normal school looks like, 
for families is still such a big deal about when you're moving and not moving when you're changing that I think there's there's never really been as much seasonality around shopping behavior as people like to believe. The seasonality has come around purchasing behavior. People are always shopping, more or less. So uh, well, the last article is from our very own Thais Cuffey. And Thais. Uh, Pulls off a, a piece, uh, a major announcement that was made at the last Facebook Live that Mike and Jen did. And I think we are going to mention it again later during the interview. 51% for the first time, more than 50% of total home builder sales originated as an online lead, went to a set appointment by an online salesperson and purchased. Wow. That's, that's aggregate data from all the builders we work with, nationals, super regionals, private, small, big, all parts of the country and in Canada. First time ever uh, that we crossed the 50% mark and actually um, up over 20%, I think, from two years ago. So yeah. we're going to keep talking about that. I think this is a good time to take a break and, and bring on Mike and Jen because one of my questions for them is like, have we hit the high water mark? Yeah. How high of can online it go? sales? Well, it, it can go higher, but in terms of home builders' perception of the online sales role, like mm -hmm. if you don't have an online sales position yet and you sell more than 50, 60 homes a year, are you ever going to? Or have you decided that you're just going to take a different approach and tactic altogether at this point? Or it's just a fad and you're about to go out of business as soon as the market turns. I don't, I don't know. But I'm curious to hear what Mike and Jen's take is on that. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Mike Lyon and Jen Barkin. May you have auspiciousness and causes of success. May you have the confidence to always do your best. May you take no effort in your being generous. Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less. May you know the meaning. Of and we're back. And what better way to kick off the new year with my favorite people in the business? <laughs> Let's give it up. Oh my gosh, an air horn. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You guys are my favorite, Mike Lyon and Jen Barkin, the online sales superstars of Do You Convert and our industry. New Year's, we talked about this off off air, Mike, is my least favorite holiday because I think it's the most made up. Like, yes. Not that there's nothing different. The, yes. the temperature and, doesn't know, even. No, when I watch the, you know, the rock and New Year's Eve and all that stuff and see all those people crammed in New York City freezing and, <laughs> you know, you just go, that's got to be miserable. There's no porta potties yeah. anywhere. Nobody's right. going to the bathroom. It's got to be terrible. But I am excited for this year. There's a lot of fun stuff coming. But 2020 was a year for sure. Right, Jen? Oh, man. I mean. <laughs> Good response. I don't, even, I don't even know how to put into words quite how I'm, I'm still processing all the feels from, from 2020 for sure. What yeah. do you, if you had to flash forward for, for both of you, we'll start with you, Jen, if you flash forward like five years from now, uh, or kind of, you know, when we think back this, this cadre of folks, we think back to the great recession and you're like, I remember those, but, but there's a lot of things obviously we don't remember, but there's things that stick with us. What do you guys think you'll remember most about this year, like five years from now? For me, just the completely ironic housing boom that occurred and just the overwhelming amount of online leads <laughs> that happened this this past year. Um, I mean, it just was a total surprise. Uh, I mean, I think it lulled for a couple of weeks and then it just went crazy. So that that for me, for sure. 
Yeah. Overwhelming force. I, I think of, yeah. I, I often, <laughs> I got replay Colin Powell saying those words about desert storm, just like, this is not going to last long because we're just going to overwhelm them. And, and that's what online sales specialists had to, had to deal with for sure. I think when I was talking with an online sales specialist that said they had, they hit the 1000 leads in, in, in one month, <laughs> Mark, I think that's something that I will never forget. 1000 leads for one person to attempt to manage <laughs> is just mind blowing. Right. Is that a high mark or a low mark? We'll get back to that right. thought <laughs> yeah, later. Point. I have a feeling. Mike, what about you? You know, that's an interesting question. I think um, the challenge of a unbelievably uh, successful seller's market um, gave a whole new set of challenges and that whiplash. I mean, that's really what it felt like was a whiplash of, oh my gosh, the sky's falling, reduction in force, get rid of people. We don't want, we want to be ready for this too. Oh my gosh, bring everybody back. Uh, We can't keep up with this. And now we can't start houses until, you know, 2022. That flip-flop was uh, some mental gymnastics for a lot of people. And I think... Um, in addition to that, what I'll remember is even though we had success in our industry, that doesn't mean there were a lot of things that were hard outside of our industry, family, kids at home, working from home, all that stuff. Like we started this out saying we're built for this. Like that was the big thing. Like, Hey, online sales, we're built for this. We've been doing this. We've been social distancing, you know, since 2010. And we were kind of saying it as like an encouraging (laughs) rally cry. And then, you know, you move into two months into, in, into working from home. You say, well, we weren't built for uh, having three kids around trying to stick them on Zoom all day. And then having my spouse here, who's the worst <laughs> office mate ever, you know, or internet that's lagging and challenges that we're having. So that's what I'll remember the most is just this weird whiplash of yeah. good and bad and positive and negative and at the end of the day, yes, I feel fortunate that we're in this industry, but it still doesn't mean you're navigating all these other things that are going on. So it was the, it was a year the for rally, sure. The rally cries turned into real cries, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. real tears. It, it, you know, if you guys heard that I like weird analogies. Oh, I oh, think we oh, know. Kevin, Kevin, we've listened Kevin I did not podcast. know that about you. Yes. Do yeah. tell. So I, I, was, I was thinking, um, I love World War II documentaries. Of course. And so, you know, the Maginot line, Maginot, I don't know how you say that in French, actually, but they built this intricate system of turrets and walls and ditches to keep out and it was impenetrable. And then the Germans were like, that's cute. There are planes now. We're just going to fly over them. And I feel like that's how builders in a nutshell, they're like, you know, we'll, we'll do a little of this online sales stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll dabble here. We'll dabble there. Why not? But let's build this huge wall and system and fortress designed for walk-in traffic that just shows up whenever it wants to. <laughs> and then the whole, the whole world was like, that's cute, but no, we've got it. We've got the internet now and yeah. we would like to use it. Um, let's rate, let's surprise. rate the metaphor, Jen. We can rate the metaphor on a scale of one like to 10. This. What would yes, you give that metaphor? Oh, oh, Kevin, I love you, but I'm going to have to give that like <laughs> a, 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 a six you because you couldn't pronounce it. World War. <laughs>
that's all right. That's oh, all right. No, it's that's the truth though. And, and the other yeah. thing that we saw too, especially with companies that had to make swift changes at the beginning because they were nervous or scared is they took on-site um, uh, support away in a lot of places. Yeah. And the the effect of that was now even current customers weren't getting good responses back yes. who were in the backlog. And mm-hmm. so they just go to where they can get answers. They go, oh, that's cute. We'll just go to the website and start calling people who will answer the phone. Yeah. And it created a whole nother level of just burden on a program that was set up for one thing and then had a huge shift really quick back to the other, especially with lockdowns and virtual sales and all that stuff too. So it was a, it was, listen, we're extremely proud of online sales specialists everywhere. They are, they've done a fantastic job. Um, but you know, this year is going to be a year of adjusting and getting used to. Jen and I were just talking about this. Used to crazy, like if this is <laughs> if cra- this level is what yep. it is, then this yeah. is what we need to do. Well, we've talked metaphorically about the website being the new model home and online salesperson being this core element to the business. But again, this year was like no that that core word was literal. Yeah, <laughs> if you didn't mm-hmm. have that position, you weren't able to take advantage. Of, of the market conditions in the same way yeah. that others were. You just, you just weren't. That's right. And this year, I think it was, it was, we had a, something happened that was a big deal. Yeah. Historic. I mean, historic. this is, this is worthy History. for sure of a drum roll, but what, what was the historic thing that happened this year? Tell them, Jen, tell the people, oh, Jen. Oh man. Are you guys ready for this? We saw 51% online sales contribution across the board of all of our clients. We took all of our clients and we averaged them out 51% online sales contribution. The first time ever. Yeah. Um, we've never seen that in, in all the years. And that- we even have to further define that, I think, for people, because there's a lot of folks listening who have online sales programs where that contribution count means that an online salesperson spoke to someone and then later they purchased, right? Yeah, so yeah. This is, this is DYC methodology from beginning to end, 51%. The real, like the real metric. That's exactly That's- right. It's it's you, you set an appointment. They came at the time that they said they, they came and they wrote a contract and it went to sale. That's 51%. And this is right. an average. I mean... We've got some clients that are exceeding this even 70%. But it's average across the board, which, you know, before it was in, in, in the high 30s, right? And, mm-hmm. and it was moving in, in that direction. But just right when, when this all happened, almost immediately it moved up. And that's, you know, just three fourths of the year adding to those averages. So that was huge. And, and again, just going back to the importance of, having that in place, you could sustain it. And, and we are not saying by any means that, oh, it's because of uh, the way people were set up or the training or this or that or the other. I mean, part of it is definitely the market. But yeah. if you weren't in a place to handle the market, the market just handled you. And, and mm-hmm. we know a lot of builders that were raising their hands, screaming and crying, going, how do we get this set up differently? How do we get more people? How do we get yeah. someone else hired? Because they just weren't ready. They were caught flat footed and the market ran away before they could catch up with it. So yep. yeah, it was I exciting. Say, I would say we, we weren't surprised by that number at all. I mean, considering everything shifted from on-site to online, you know, you would expect those numbers to go up, but wow. You know, like Mike was saying, you know, if you didn't have that a program in place, you know, you definitely were not, were not ready for it. We're not prepared 
for it and probably didn't experience those same that same level of contribution. Yeah. And ironically, maybe because of one of the seemingly least sexy things about having a great online sales program, I think, I think, tw- you know, in China, they have the year of the rabbit, the year of the goat, whatever. I think this is the year of the handoff. Like if that handoff <laughs> process to, to wait, 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 sales, wait, rate the metaphor. <laughs> is that a we better rate metaphor? The metaphor? Come on. Oh, yeah, I like that one better. But yeah, I yeah. I, Let's yeah. not use a point scale. Cause that makes me sad. Let's okay, just I like, it like better. better. Let's continue on improvement. That's yeah. the theme. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the handoff though, you know, that's, that's one of those undersung things has been forever. Like, why don't I get more? Well, your handoff process is non-existent or terrible. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the, the ying to the online sales yang of growth of the online sales person, the onsite sales teams that had a, had a partner in an established online sales program was able to maximize the salesperson's growth at meeting the online salesperson through this process. Do you think that's yeah. fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the handoff is is something always to be. Uh, it goes to it, it waxes and it wanes, um, you know, and it, like it really does depend. Like the moon, and it, I didn't want to steal a metaphor, Kevin. I was trying to set one up for you, but with the market, you know, in in a in a great market, the handoff can, you know, it just depends on how people are looking at it and how they're watching it. In a tough market, everybody's paying attention to everything and they're making sure that it happens. But in a good market or bad market, a great program is trying to operate at a certain level of efficiency and effectiveness. And so we saw a lot of that already set up for it and it helps for the, the, the conversion from appointment to sale. You don't want to ever see that dip with an increase in appointments. You don't want to see a decrease in conversions. What do you think, Jen? Well, since the beginning of time or 2010, uh, <laughs> when we first were talking about the handoff, it's always been a sticking point for online sales. You know, my on-site isn't doing the handoff is very well. Like I'm having a hard time bridging the gap. That That's a constant. But I will say this past year, I had yeah. more online sales specialists report back that it was getting better. They were yeah. actually communicating a lot more with their on-site teams. And on-sites were, you know, really using online sales as a resource to help them like set up their Zoom uh, you know, virtual yeah. appointments. And, you know, there was a definite evolution, you know, with onsite that happened this past year. So with that, you will continue, I think, to see an increase in appointment show rate, you know, as that handoff gets better, appointment show rate going up, appointment to sale going up, and then ultimately the contribution will continue to be strong. Well, that leads right into the my next question for both of you is that, as great as things have become for online sales and home building in general, is this the high water mark year for online sales in terms of industry awareness or use of online sales people? I mean, if a, if a builder still isn't, I forget the latest ECI uh, lasso survey stat of percentage of builders using online salespeople off the top of my head, but it was the majority now. But if a builder still isn't using them by December of 2020, January 2021, like are they ever going to? Are they are they official <laughs> dinosaurs? Like are, is oh, they'll be shamed into it eventually, but I think I think you gotta kind of differentiate between has and has does not have an online sales specialist and then has a real program or has what they call an online sales program. There, there, there are right. two different types that we see out there in the wild. Um, 
<laughs> I do think we, I don't want to cliche this up too much, but there was an acceleration for sure. Like I think we're catching up to where we should have been Yeah, in, in 2020, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it may flatline a little bit, um, but then it'll keep moving up. Like, I don't think it's going to go back down. Um, I just think we're going to probably stay running at a sh- certain speed for a while, especially with lead volume and demand and everything where it is right now. So we've gotten there quick and I think we're going to start moving up a little bit slower in the next year, year and a half, but hopefully it'll kind of keep up with where it should have been in the first place. Now we still walk in traffic for sure. And I think that's another reason why handoffs started going, you know, part of it, like everybody started drinking the Kool-Aid because that's the only traffic they had. Yeah. They had to. Those are real people. Yeah. Yeah. They're virtual people, but they're real people. Um, So that's part of it. But yeah. I think we'll keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think definitely moving in the right direction. I think, you know, more people are paying attention to the online sales position. And I think that you will continue to see the online position and the on-site position kind of cross over mm-hmm. and, and morph a little bit. I think online sales will, you know, possibly go a little bit further with prospects as things kind of change. And I think on-site will nurture more on the upfront end and, you know, in, in the virtual presence. So I yeah. think you'll kind of continue to see the, the, that crossover happen. Hey, can I, can I, I, I can I hijack this conversation yeah. for a second? <laughs> it's, it's something I want to talk about. Kevin and I have talked about it a little bit. Jen and I have talked about it separately. I've talked about it with other builders, some big builders asking this question of like, do you think online sales is going to basically be sales in the future. Mm. Like, you know, can they take someone from start to finish and all that stuff? And, and while, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, I think maybe we're kind of asking the wrong question or trying to get to the answer in, in, in a different way. I, I, it doesn't matter the blending of technology and how people are viewing um, or interacting or engaging. I still think, think that there is a delineation between managing a lead to get it sales ready. Yep. And responsive, semi-educated, semi-qualified. Yeah. Right. Versus taking them through a sales process, whether that's a virtual or not. Like that virtual sales boss process or in-person sales process takes time, takes energy, mm-hmm. takes a whole different set of expertise, you know, where online sales are great at being experts at a lot of, you know, surface things and even a little mm-hmm. bit below the surface to be as good as an, someone in a neighborhood, whether they're virtual selling or on-site, I just don't ever see it. I still think there's a separation. Like Jen's saying, there's going to be yeah. crossover. Yeah. Right. But it's still that mangy line or whatever Kevin yeah. said at the beginning. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the Maginot line. I, right. <laughs> yeah. And Jen, you know, you, you worked with a lot of different builders who did this sales in general, a lot of different ways. So I want to hear your perspective on it. I just think when owners and, and high level managers here, an online salesperson could handle 150 to 200, maybe 250 leads a month. They're like, oh, well then they should be able to do like 50 sales each (laughs) if they start doing the virtual. And I think that's where it all breaks down is you could do that, but essentially you're not getting the same scale effect that draws people to the online sales position in the first yeah. place. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Mike. I think that there's a definite, you know, delineation there. And, you know, the, the online sales role 
is set up to be more of a nurturing type of role. They're hitting people, you know, nine times a month times 200 leads. You know, it's just set up to promote engagement. And like Mike was saying, get the person in a sales ready position. Um, It's not, you know, meant to take somebody down a path of options and selections and, you know, drawing out their plan and all of that. If that was the case, you would need, you know, a whole herd of online sales specialists. And and sales ready, again, for, for those of you who may not be as familiar, what does that really look like? It doesn't mean you know, here they are ready to go. Cause then the conversion rate appointment to sale would be 70%. Right. Mm-hmm. I get, I guess it's almost like a blended between marketing qualified and sales ready. You know, like, yes, yeah. these people are in the market. Yes. This is their price point. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is what they're interested in. And you're going to go deeper in qualification level, but we want to get them to that point of, if you're agreeing to a time to come out and meet with the salesperson, that's what we would call sales ready. Yeah. Ready for sales. Maybe that yeah. one. Ready for sales. Yeah, ready for sales. That sounds better. Yeah, like that it. was, I shouldn't have said sales ready. Yeah, I think, I uh, think the hype cycle communication around online selling and customers doing everything mm-hmm. online is just, it's frankly overblown. And what we were talking about before, Mike, was adding and designing your house online and adding to cart and checking out. In theory, you're like, that sounds like an amazing thing to be able to do. But the experience will change when suddenly, instead of just hitting checkout on cart, you are docu-signing or e-signing a 25-page contract purchase agreement and giving them the authority to wire you know, $20,000 out of your checking account. The consumer is not going to just flippantly be like, oh, this is so magical, adding all these fun things in the cart and hitting checkout, and now I get to go wait for my home to be built. There, there will be a pause that will happen when we get to that level of complexity. So, any, But I do think... Um, Uh, since we're veering to a little bit of predictions, I think the next step is I designed all this stuff that I think I want. And I have some preliminary basic questions about that before I go to meet with a a person who is more in depth and capable, like you're describing. I think there is value to that on all sides because the consumer can design the home they think will work for them and their budget and, and hopefully be even more sales ready. But, but I don't think we're, I mean, again, just, the fact that builders can and can't list out included features on their website because they can't manage what they are by community and keep it organized and they don't want to be wrong. It's like, well, mm-hmm. then you're, you're nowhere near this. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, the whole process online versus selling online versus where do you engage? That's the stuff that needle is moving. And again, when it's, when it's a seller's market, we get super excited about, well, this is easy. Let's just, people are just buying right now mm-hmm. sight unseen. So we should be able to do it online. Part of that is because of the market. Now I'm not saying don't drive innovation and yeah. don't give you, give you those. And don't like, why do, you know, we've talked about this for 10 years or however long. Why do cars have, you know, you can design and build a car online. Why can't you do a house like that? Uh, yeah, but that, that's where I'm at. Right now, thinking about purchasing a car, we got my wife, I mean, I drive a 2012 Honda uh, um, Pilot. It's a great car, um, but it's starting to get some mechanical issues. And so I'm looking at another vehicle. And again, the only value to the design the car online thing to me is when I go to the dealership, which I will do because I want to test drive, 
mm-hmm. buying a new car. It will, I will say, here's the things that I'm, I already have questions about that I was able to go deep enough in the process of saying, there is no option on your website to keep non-leather seats and still add all-wheel drive. Can you make that happen for me? Yeah. Throughout, you know, that, that, that's the value that, that, and, and letting the customer do more whenever they want to do more on their own is a right. good thing. And that is where things are headed. But we keep coming back to this point of it's too complex. It's, that's if it's, right. I mean, I'm a self-described nerd. And if, when it's too complicated for me to price out a car on a website, Kevin Oakley can't price out a car and get the answers he needs. It's like the homes are just so much more complex than that. Well, let me tell you what Kevin Oakley can do. He can spin a great metaphor. Oh, there you go. All right. Um, Let's talk about to to the marketers listening. What do you guys want marketers to know or to think about having a consideration window for 2021? I imagine. Let's let's do this popcorn style. Well, let me me put mine out there first because I imagine it has something to do with a continued focus on don't be so excited about the large quantity of leads you are creating marketers. Okay, but, that's, oh, but maybe there's something else you guys are thinking about. Too. Okay, Jim, we'll rapid fire back and forth because we've got probably five each that we could talk about. I don't know. I, I, I just, I have, I don't know. I just have one. I and I get so, <laughs> I get so passionate about this, but it's, it's basically just more leads poorly managed is not the answer. Um, going back to that thousand leads a month that the you know the person had there's no way that they're providing any level of customer service um, to those leads. There's, there's just no way. So, you know, my big thing for marketers is communicate with your online team. It's not one size fits all across the board. It's got to be community specific. Um, if, if you're at a, if you're not able to uh, have sales at a particular community, figure out what you're doing with those leads, you know, maybe stop marketing on that particular community, have a different plan. Maybe you're going to cut that out, but have a different (laughs) plan in place. um, If you are not able to set appointments or not able to sell anymore at those communities and such. So Sorry, I just, I get it's, really... It's gotta be, those are six things right there, Jen. <laughs> She's like, I've only got one. I mean, six. It, it's got to be a teamwork focused effort here. Yeah. And we have had calls with builder partners with marketing and leadership. Like maybe we turn off all of the general ads altogether, even though they are the most efficient. We don't need to help. Like there's enough momentum and certain things are happening. And by the way, that is completely the the opposite of what most industry experts are saying in terms of just keep your foot on the gas, keep spending that money and keep, you know, time to make a new logo, whatever it is. But this might be the year where we're only trying to help the marginal and below average communities get the leads that they need. And that's okay. I think the only other challenge there is that a lot of marketers are not given the authority to do like their window from ownership is like, you just focus on making ads and leads. Mm -hmm. And so you have all been granted dispensation to care about more than that because you have to, if you're part of a team, you can't just be really thumping your chest about your low yeah. cost per lead. It doesn't work in 2020. Well, I, I'll say to, to Jen's point a little bit too, and to yours, Kevin, I mean, when, when your metric has always been lead 
quality lead volume or whatever. And now you're boosting what appears to be quality lead volume because they're responding right. and they're getting back to you. It's like, we're doing it. Like we're, Hey, everybody look, we're doing it. And you're killing your online team. So you're doing it at the sacrifice of people's mental health and ability yeah. to manage the job the way that it's been set up before. And so that would be my point for marketers. Like you guys are all super, super smart and savvy and are thinking maybe sometimes even a little bit more big picture than someone who's in the weeds just trying to keep up with their 800 overdue tasks. Um, start telling the story to the customer earlier about what's going on. So it shouldn't always be the online sales specialist job to explain what, how the home building process has changed because you're not going to get into a home right away. We have nothing that's available. And, but nobody's telling that story on the website. They're just like flashing the neon open sign yeah. And telling everybody to come in. And then we're hitting this thing where you're dealing with disappointed or disaffected customers and online sales having to tell that story that could be told through marketing a little bit better. And even in the process of pre-sale or priority interest lists, coming up with content to support that online sales can be communicating or you can be communicating on behalf of online sales. So if there was a little bit of shift as the demand stays there, that's definitely where I would encourage yeah. marketers to spend just a little bit of time supporting the team to tell the story and to create content to engage those lists. Yeah. Yes. I mean, words only have meaning because of we have a collective understanding, a sh shared meaning to them, but quality is not one of those great words that are very well defined. So when we say quality lead volume, and now you have a bunch of it, by definition, you have average lead volume, not high mm. quality lead volume, because the yeah. definition of quality continues to adjust to, so take that, the large number of quality and air quotes leads you have now and say, how can we really just focus on getting the top 40% of these that yeah. are the most qualified that yeah. you know, redefine the you, word. Well, Jen, that thousand lead volume. Yeah. How many, how how many are, are really quality? Well, okay. So my next point is that, you know, really looking at you're doing a lead audit, a lead source audit and look at what is converting. So, you know, communicating with your mm -hmm. online sales specialist and say, okay, out of the appointments that you set, how many were from, source A, source B, source C, and really look at what is happening there. Um, and then make your decisions based on what's your highest converting sources. And I yeah. think it, I would just say, scratch out the word converting source and, and source that's part of the customer journey, only mm. because we don't always know, you know, all of the different the procuring cause for the lead isn't necessarily the most important part of that journey. And and one example of that would be that there's a well-known chat service that costs thousands of dollars a month, semi-well-known. I don't know. There are people who use it. But when you run the attribution system on that, the attribution part is zero on most of the builders who we can look at a CRM and say, how many people came in from that place first? It's zero. Now there's some value to the journey if people are engaging with it and giving you feedback, but is that, I don't know, let's say 2000 worth $2,000 a month per market in comparison to all of your other expenses? No. So I think holistically, but yeah, I mean, attribution journey, uh, involvement in this process. If, if you're doing something for, for a pure vanity purpose or because you feel like you need to be doing it, definitely 
question that one. Mm-hmm. Well, as I, I mean, hear syndication both site leads are a great one. We love syndication sites like Zillow and New Home Source. But if you don't have inventory, you're pre-sold out, you know, eight months worth of starts. Why are you doing that? Kevin, it's just a question to yourself ask yourself. In trouble. You're going to get yourself in trouble. No more parties for me. Asterisks on Kevin. Don't. Uh, but here, here's the, the this conversation is a very strategic conversation. And I'm telling you right now, the online sales specialists that we're working with can't see past their computer screen. They're uh-huh. so yeah. overwhelmed. And so marketers just come alongside them and say, how can I help you? Like, what, what can we do to support you? And you, you'd be surprised some of the stuff for you look at it and go, this is an easy fix because you have time and a little bit of bandwidth to deal with this stuff versus online sales right now can't take time to go to the bathroom. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Check on them. Check on them. They're not all okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, um, let's pivot to our, our last two questions then. One thing that we definitely are seeing is that bad habits are setting in. And unintentionally so, bad habits are setting in. One example on the marketing end is that the pre-sale without fail program. I've, I've heard a lot of people comment about, well, you know, now we, we just need to really do one fourth of it or a fifth of it because the rest of it's it's kind of hard. It's complicated. There's multiple steps. And look, we just we just sold ten homes in a, in a single day, doing nothing but saying we're open. You know, after not communicating to anyone for four months uh, of building the list, and it's it's working. And that's great. It'll work in the best housing market of my lifetime, but it's not going to work when the market returns to normal or even sub subnormal. Is there, what else in the online sales world is like that, where people say they're doing it, and you're like, "Yeah, I guess you're you're doing some of it, but trust me, go back to 2011. It's probably not working." So we're doing a lot of appointment setting. In a great market, it's been, you know, easier than ever. People are calling in and and wanting to come out, wanting appointments. So when things kind of shift back to normal, we really are going to need to remember how to go get those appointments. And that's where using our best practices, making sure that we're, you know, brushing up on our scripts, our using how to overcome object, objections, how to pivot those conversations. We've kind of forgotten how to do that in in a lot of cases because we haven't had to. So, you know, I encourage people to don't forget those, don't forget those skills because we're going to need them again. I'll tell you something magical that I saw for one of our builders. Um, They had, I think they sold 20 homes in a two week period at the end of November. And that's a lot for this particular builder. And 17 of the 20 were sold to people who were became an online lead more than four months ago. That's and great. that made me so freaking happy wow. to see that. But here's the thing that online salesperson had had kind of a come to Jesus conversation with their employer. <laughs> and so to your point, Jen, it was kind of like, I, I just have to imagine that some extra follow-up nurturing um, prospecting work was done to dig those people up, but they were there. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, now, Mike and I put the prospecting ban on at the beginning of COVID. Oh, yeah, and I remember that. <laughs> we said, 
you know, you don't need to prospect right now. Like, let's figure things out. We don't want to be tone deaf, reaching out to people saying, hey, come on out to our communities in the middle of a pandemic. But, you know, we, I think what the fall, Mike, I think we lifted that prospecting. Oh, no, it was summertime. It was summertime. Oh, yeah. And time is a construct for 2020. (laughs) And, you know, at a, you know, at a minimum, we have got to be nurturing our older prospects, our long-term prospects. We have got to be sending something out. We've got to keep our builder in front of them uh, because that's our pipeline. That's our pipeline. So when things are maybe put on hold, if marketing shifts, if the market shifts, we have got to be able to go back in and resuscitate those older leads. And if they haven't heard from us in a year, that's going to be a lot harder to do than if we have stayed in front of them uh, every month. Yeah. It's it's going to be basically like prospecting rehab, rehabilitation. <laughs> like you don't want to go out there and, and start, try yeah. and bench 150 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to do some light work. How's this for a metaphor? Kevin, you can tell me if I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, but you got to do some light work just to keep that muscle memory in place. So I really do think that, you know, prospecting is like, yeah, whatever. I don't have to make calls if I can't even take calls. Right. You know, I don't have to try and go out there and dial um, when I can't even, everything's going to voicemail. Right. And so it's just human nature that it is going to, we are going to get rusty. Um, Mm -hmm. So we, we, we say put the minimum effective dose in place, but you still have to be doing it because you will be kicking yourself because as fast as this turned positive, it could also turn negative. I don't want to be... Yeah, uh, you know, pessimistic, oh, yeah. but you never know. No, I just, I, we were on a call a couple weeks ago and said, look, just play a fun game with your banker mortgage company and say, if all these people who are pre-approved in backlog right now, if interest rates went up by 1% or one and a half percent, how many of them would still qualify? Right. And how many inventory homes would you immediately have on your hands? It, it could definitely change, but I love what essentially what you're saying, Mike and Jen is protected time for practice. That's not yeah. necessary in today's yeah. market, but to keep, like, yeah. what does it feel like to call 10 people in, you yeah. know, 45 minutes and engage with three of them in a meaningful well, conversation? Or- this is what's awesome, Kevin. We, we, you know, we did the online sales academy and I don't remember how many people were brand new, but it's more than half. Yeah. And like the first thing that we told them in that started this, the, uh, the academy was, this is not normal. Like <laughs> you are starting. Yeah. In the least normal really, market that it, we've seen. It's you, crazy. If you've only been in the business since 2010, 2011, none of this has been normal in the sense of you haven't experienced a, de- a real decline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a difference between decline and like shooting fish in a barrel. And I'm, sure. not, I'm not discounting online sales. Like the, the type of work is different and it's crazy. Yeah. I, but, all, all I'm saying is, is the, 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 it's only been slowly steady. It was more yes. slow and more steady, but it's only ever gone up. And so to your point about whiplash and the mm-hmm. idea of, of it's yeah. that no one, no one knows what whiplash means if they haven't been in business since 2010 or before so, 2010. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun market and it, listen, it's a, you know, let's, let's start off by saying too, just the gratitude that we all have, I shouldn't say start off because it's the end of the podcast, but we are <laughs> grateful for this market. We are fortunate that Absolutely. we won the pandemic, um, but it comes with a whole new set of challenges. And that's what we want to help our everybody navigate through. And especially speaking to the marketers, you know, it's market proof marketing. 
your your mindset has to shift a little bit to a support. Now, the online sales is is more marketing focused than on-site sales. Not mm-hmm. a negative, not that on-site sales isn't thinking about it. Right. They're just thinking about the very tail end of the process. Mm-hmm. And the last two people that came in. That's know. right. And we right. are we are thinking about nurturing and we're thinking about like, oh my gosh, what if we don't have some kind of communication? We're, th- we're having these conversations in the journey with the customer. So I think it's a great way for them just to get a little bit more involved and think strategically alongside and kind of exercise that strategic part of, of that muscle for the online sales specialist who doesn't have time to do it right now. Yes. Anything, yeah. any money, and this is, this is why I, I said what I did earlier, any money you can shift from advertising to content and better experience for internal and external customers in, in a repeatable process, meaning you answer the question once with a video, a blog, imagery, whatever, that question is now answered, but then you have to make sure it's searchable and findable on the website. That Those kind of things with the money that you typically would set aside for ad dollars have to be a priority in 2021 to set us up for that continued growth. Mm-hmm. Um, just to wrap up, I, for, for the managers and owners in our industry, do you feel like overall, you know, you said a lot of acceleration has happened. It still feels to me like a lot of acceleration came from the force behavior of the on-site world catching up with online and the, and then the market and the amount of leads certainly but um do you feel like we're better at managing this position like uh, do owners have a better sense of how to interact with these strange love children between sales and marketing <laughs> yeah they're not strange, but do, uh, they are love children. Well, from, um, from their perspective, they're like, I don't yeah. know how to manage uh, this person. Jen will answer that on the count of three. One, two, three. No. No, but here, listen. <laughs> they're working on it. It's not Every, that they're not trying. Listen, everybody's so busy. I mean, yeah. everybody is stretched so thin. Like, Mike, like we totally recognize that. Mm-hmm. And so you, you talk about, okay, having weekly meetings and huddles with your online sales team and you're putting out fires over here on onsite on a daily basis. Like I get it. It's hard. And this position does need special type of management because it's different from your onsite team. So no, you know, it... <laughs> I, I feel well, like the, the the letter grade or like the oversimplification to me is if I'm talking to a leader or an owner and they have no sense of, or even are questioning the idea of, do I need more help or more resources for this department or program? And they're kind of like, yeah, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, but can you do more? It's kind of like Homer when he was the boss one, one time on a Simpsons episode that I, I saw a decade ago, he's like can you all um, work harder? And they're like, yeah, sure, boss, sure. And they're all, and he's like, oh, great. And walks away. Like, then you don't understand what they're doing. And, and that to me is one of the things that I try to listen to as I'm talking to people is that person who has a thousand leads, Jen, and then you talk to, to their boss and they're like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, they'll figure it out versus saying, wow, right. this is an opportunity to really grow and cement the, this program for the future. Right. I, I, well, I think hey, I, let's let's rate that metaphor. I give it a ten because it was Simpsons episode. So, <laughs> yeah, good job, good. Kevin. There we go. Here's 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 just the you know the reality before this wonderful market that we have at our disposal. Online sales, you know, if you had that program in place, usually the manager would say, 
they're good. Like it's good. I feel good about it. They're it's better than we've ever had it before. They're really doing a great job. Not a problem. Nothing to see here. Everything's great. And we would jump in and take a look and we go, Oh no, we've got some, this could be performing at a lot different. Well, it's better than we, what we had before. What did you have before? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Now you fast forward to now where it's on fire. Everything's tripled, right? Lead volume, appointment volume, sales from the program. And they're like, look at us. We're superstars. And you go, yes, but do you know why or what they're struggling with, et cetera? And they're just like, e I got to go. I got someone who got COVID and I'm trying to staff a model home. Yeah. Right? That's right. their issue that they're dealing with. So I feel like it's even worse now because it's just kind of appointment setting versus appointment getting, like Jen was saying. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely kind of regressing a little bit in the involvement, even though the position has reached a mm -hmm. more awareness. Uh, it's a great way to put it. Right. So that's all, it's all good. We just want to keep encouraging people to think about the long-term effectiveness of this. And you can ride the market wave for as long as you want. But when that tide goes out, you're going to see some people are in this role that you could have been rebuilding or restructuring and, and it could have been set up better for more success when this all, when this all yeah. does change. I don't want to be you know, belabor the point of get more involved, but just find the little ways yeah. to do it. I, you know? I uh, that reminds me at, at Heartland, you know, when our first year when Sarah Williams, we bought your book and we just gave it a shot and we thought it was amazing because we sold the 12, 15 homes from the program. But in reality, we were, we were amazed and, and thrilled with this performance because of a lack of understanding of potential. And that's, that's where we come from. A lot of times when people hear us and they're like, man, like, why are they still saying this could get better or that could improve. It's, it's not because we're built to be critical. It's just, there are people we work with that have shown like the true ability and potential of this program. And then once a quarter or so, we'll talk to someone who's like, yeah, we've had this, we've had online sales for three years and you know, we got 15 of our 400 sales from that last year. It was great. And we're like, ah, oh, the potential. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's more clear and easier for us to see it because we're out of it. And, and I get that. But, um, so for 2021, what's the, what's the one word or phrase? I hate the word thing. Cause that's, it's too hard. Yeah. The phrase for online sales that that's in your mind to think about for 2021. This is a surprise is bonus a, question. This was not on the, this no. was on the practice <laughs> quiz. Surprise bonus question. Hmm. And it, it could be something you guys have already referenced again, just, just if you want to double down on a concept of something they need to be thinking about or, or aware of through, through the year. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go first again. I just made this up. I didn't prepare the question at all, but for marketers, it's nimbleness like that. That's the thing that we learned in 2020 firsthand that just, again, we don't know when it's going to change. We just know change is going to continue to happen. And so to have plans, but, but planning and building a system that is intentionally nimble or agile to be able to, to respond and react is. Yeah. I hear this is a long answer, so it's not a short phrase, no, okay. but maybe we can make a short phrase. You know, the people drive the process, you know, the person drives the program. Mm -hmm. So you saw, we witnessed this firsthand that no matter how streamlined your processes were in place, if you had better people to handle everything that was going on, you did better overall. So mm -hmm. I would still continue that. Yes. With all this technology that we have focus on that person who's driving the machine and pressing yep. the buttons and working the process 
they make all the difference in the world because this is such a complex sale. Especially if you're only going to still, you know, we can only have one. Yeah. Like you if you're only, only going to so have much. one online salesperson, you're not going to grow your team. Mm-hmm. It yeah. better be the best dang person you could find. Yeah. Jen, take us I, home. So well, I, I've been amazing. saying this for the last month. I think it's, you know, the consistency, authenticity, and transparency. So mm. whatever your, your process, if you've got to modify your process, just make sure that you're being consistent. Even if it's different processes across the board, mm. um, if it's set it and forget it on some, but be more personal on some others, then that's what it is and be consistent and be authentic when, where you can be authentic with your responsive leads when people actually do connect with you and transparency across the board, transparency with your prospects, like Mike was saying, upfront, setting expectations, transparent with your marketing team and your leadership, um, you know, and your salespeople. I think those, you got to keep those th- three things in mind. Man, that was good. That was amazing. <laughs> you win. got an acronym. And the podcast. And everything, yes. Be cat-like. <laughs> well, again, thanks guys for, I mean, it, uh, online sales has been in high demand in 2020. The two of you have been in high demand. So thanks for carving out some of your valuable holiday time. That I mean, the only time that we're going to get a break, it looks like, you know, I posted <laughs> in the group, uh, we're already up, you know, tw- 25, 30% over last December. Wow. And then the post Christmas rush is on. It's no long Super Bowl is no longer the kickoff of new home selling season. It's G- December 26th. So That's right. This is the only break you were going to get and you came on the podcast. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing that. Thanks for having us. Yeah, right, thanks guys. so much, Kevin. You bet. May you have auspiciousness and causes of success. May you have the confidence to always do your best. May you take no effort in your being generous. Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less. May you know the meaning of the word happiness. All right, let's wrap it up for this monster of an episode to begin 2021 with the answers to last week's question of the week. So the question was, for 2021, how much do you plan to invest with syndication sites as a whole compared to 2020? Zillow, new home source, realtor.com, buzz, buzz home, et cetera. Uh, first, about the same. That one was 52%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Invest less. We're at 25% on invest less. About the same, but with different allocation between sites. That's a special question. <laughs> That's a, that one's at 13%. Yeah, that was also kind of like who's paying but the most attention because, you know, with like the changes shifting. with new home source and realtor.com and, uh, just, you know, a, a lot of people have talked about potentially changing the allocation there. So that was, that was good to see, yeah. uh, people, people answer that and understand what was going on there. Um, I didn't invest any in 2020. Oh, 6%. And that, that includes our friend, Kevin Weitzel from Outhouse, who I hope you're not spending any money on syndication. <laughs> you don't sell homes. <laughs> it looks like maybe, a on your lot in there too. Yep. And, and last but not least. Oh, invest more. Invest more. Invest more. We're at 5% on invest more. Yeah. I want to see those profiles. Let's see. I so if you, take the, if you take the about the same and about the same, but with different allocation, we're probably over 60%, roughly about the same in terms of total spend. Uh, then what was the invest less percentage you said, Andrew? Invest less was 25%. 25%. And then, uh, you know, 3% investing more. So there you go. Interesting. Wow. And then we did pull a winter, a winner. Uh, and I take this very seriously, by the way, 
So it's really to random. draw the winner. I went, I, there's gotta be a faster way to do this. Sometimes I just like to go slow and it was the holiday break. So I was just like, I'm just going to take my time with this, but I wrote out everyone's name who voted in an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. I signed them all to a cell. Obviously there's no other way to put someone in an Excel spreadsheet, but I took the, the row number and pulled up a random number generator from Google and hit it. So, cause I, I just get really nervous when we give away real gifts. Like this was a $200 gift card. And I was like, I just, no matter who I pick, someone's going to think this is not, yeah. not the likelihood random. of you knowing that person like already, like pretty high, pretty much, yeah. pretty much there. Yeah. So Renee Carlson, yeah. the director yeah. of marketing nationally for Madame Holmes was the winner. Um, and very nicely, she even was like, hey, can you just give me half and give half to charity? This is awesome. She just wanted oh, to buy Peloton beautiful. shoes. She got a Peloton. Oh. She wanted to buy shoes for the Peloton. So Peloton's that was, taking over. That's cool. There you go. Very nice. It'll be fun to do this in, say, four months. Like, mm. did you Come end back up? back to this question? Yeah. Is your yeah. answer the same? Like, and then maybe at the yep. end, end of the year. Well, teasing, uh, one of the things we'll talk about next week in more detail, this week's question of the week is make a prediction, big or small, of what you think is going to happen in 2021 uh, related to our industry or anything. Or anything. Uh, let's just not <laughs> oh, talk no. about politics, though. Yeah, no. politics, not allowed. Any other prediction, <laughs> prediction that you want to make is fair game. Hey, you guys want to make any, oh, any predictions? Any predictions. Before we go. You don't have spot. to. I'm putting you on the spot. Because it has yeah. to be something that's actually bold and not just like, oh, people are going to get vaccines. Let's not talk about COVID either. That's That like, qualifies as political, yeah. That's obvious, <laughs> Fortunately. which it shouldn't, but right. it is. Right. But, but yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I'll, I will think of one, though, next week. <laughs> there you go. Homework assignment. Yep. All right, that's it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Make sure to go on there, uh, get connected with Sarah and Jackie Lipinski as well, because they're people you want to know. That's right. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.